From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Katie. And this is the best beer show on the internet. (laughs) Despite our audio issues. Despite our audio (laughs) issues. You know, and it happens every once in a while. There's not much we can do about it except uh, persevere and try to work our way through them. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right. We're missing Brian again this week. We are. We are. Both literally and literally. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, before I get too deep here, uh, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of support home uh, brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops like taprooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I also want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. All right, Katie, what have you been up to beer-related last in last week okay so we are well it doesn't i guess so yesterday i i went i this over this weekend i went out to my my family's cabin and um my brother and i we like to share beer and among other things whiskey and all the things and he and i and my sister-in-law split a bottle it was a 2016 bottle of goose island halia and that beer i've had it in the past actually i've had it multiple times um i bought six or eight of them a few years back I went to one of the actually the liquor stores in, in River Falls here where we're sitting, and they had them for buy one get one for some reason, and I was like, okay, let, let me pick up some, and I I brought a bottle um, back in the day, probably at this point probably three years ago to a, like a bottle exchange situation, and it it kind of that that beer sort of won the night, so it was always this beer that I was really super happy about. Um, I'm trying to figure out if they even. So it is a 2016 Halia. I'm not sure if Halia is a beer. That, I know it's a farmhouse, like a sour beer. Okay. That they switch up every year. And if this was, if this 2016, but it, it's a farmhouse ale aged in wine barrels with whole peaches. Oh, okay. So good. It sounds really good. So good. And I, I drank the last bottle last night uh, that we had at least in our possession. So if you happen to, I don't know, find a bottle of, of this 2016 Haley out there. I would highly recommend picking it up. It's it's a great beer. It, it Apparently, I'm looking at the untapped. This beer is no longer being produced by the brewery. So Oh, no. Tear right down right. the Well, yeah. But, That's a bummer. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, super enjoyable. How, how about you? Oh, uh, man. Uh, things have been kind of kind of uh, all over the place beer for me. Uh, so I did a big uh, big run yesterday. Uh, Topland Goliath did a um, a bottle release. Ah. Uh, and so one of my buddies got uh, got the allotment. Uh-huh. So we went down there and mm-hmm. uh, checked that out. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. They had it was what was what was the release? It was the s'mores uh, turmoil. Okay. Um, it was the variant, and they had two other variants of the of the turmoil on. Uh, so they had it was the s'mores, it was a Mexican hot chocolate, mm-hmm. and uh, a cinnamon vanilla, mm-hmm. uh, and then they also had morning delight on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I had those. Uh, a weird thing kind of happened with morning delight though. Um, that is really just bothering me. So I'm going to pull that off for just a minute here. <laughs> uh, 
we what was it? So like I I, I would take a I would take a sip of the of the morning delight and then like my face and like my body would just get like super flushes almost like an allergic reaction and i have no idea what caused it because like the other two beers didn't do that but like if i took a sip of the morning light i could not drink beer for like four four or five minutes okay it was very weird do you have any idea what's what in it to do that um i don't like so it's it's a barrel aged coffee stout okay uh with maple um and yeah i have no idea Mm. what could have done it yeah it was super weird, and like I've had Morning Delight in the past, and no issues. Okay. It was just this batch for whatever reason. All right. Yeah, uh, we, well, whatever we can get into. Right. Later. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, and then the other, uh, the other thing on there was, uh, so we did that. Uh, had some awesome pizzas, um, and then we went to Pulpit Rock, also in Decor, Iowa. Yeah. Um, and picked up some of their beers. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. So it was a really nice day. You know, yeah. about two and a half hour drive down to Iowa, and yeah, beautiful drive too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Like, a lot of the times, like, if you're heading through, like, southern Minnesota, uh, it kind of sucks because it's just flat and there's nothing to look at except windmills. And yeah. you get real bored of windmills real quick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Other than that, like, it was, yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, like that, but that one, though, like, you're going through, like, River Valley and stuff. Yeah, so it's sure. a lot of fun. Cool. Well, you know, those sounds like a lot of the beers that you were drinking were spiced beers. They, I mean, yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh, yeah, very adjuncty, very spicy. Yeah. Like, uh, and so yeah, today we're going to be talking about um, holiday spice beer. Um, we kind of went over this in, uh, a little bit um, in our eighty style challenge, but that was so long ago. Uh, we figured it would be a really good time yeah. to uh, to talk about this again because you guys are probably gearing up to brew some of those now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so uh, this is BJCP category thirty C, um, and I was dealing with. Not.com.org. Org. Uh, do you have the have it pulled up by the any BG, chance? Yeah, the, the style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to kind of just read yeah. the overview? Sure. Um, yeah, winter seasonal beers are beers that suggest cold weather and the Christmas holiday season. It may include holiday spices, spe- specialty sugars, and other products that reminiscent of mold spices or Christmas holiday desserts. Uh, overall impression is a stronger, darker spice beer that often has a rich body and warming finish, uh, suggesting a good accompaniment for cold weather season. So yeah, strong, dark, boozy. Well, strong is kind of you know boozier is how I like to say that. Um, different spices in it, like yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I I'm kind of the same way. Like anything that kind of like evokes that that sense of Christmas, that yeah. um, the kind of warming that. Uh, I guess like, I guess like uh, gin, ginger snap or snickerdoodle spices is kind of yeah. what I would, mm-hmm. what I would, what I would classify it as. Um, all spice, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, ginger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So when we're talking uh, spice beer, uh, the most like the important thing to talk about there is it is we need to talk like we are using. We, we it needs to be a beer first, spice second. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, we want them to enhance the beer, not necessarily. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. We're is having it, we're having okay. some. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're cracking in and out. Yeah. So I'm just not going to worry. I'm just going to do that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, sorry about the audio. If things get a little wonky here. We'll we'll have it fixed for next episode maybe. Um, but yeah. So uh, kind of what we're talking about here is uh, so you want it to be a beer first. Spice second, and you want the spices to enhance the flavor of the beer, not 
take away from it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the first things I, I learned or was taught, I guess, uh, about doing any, any beer with any additive, whether it's spice fruit, is that base beer has to be a decent beer. Um, you can, you can of course use spices to kind of cover up off flavors, but if you're not making a decent base beer, it's going to make that, that beer, your, you know, the finished product, not as, not as good. So, and it doesn't really matter what the base beer is. It kind of depends on what you're going for. Mm -hmm. Um, you could do a red ale. That would be a good, a good base beer, uh, style, um, porters, Russian Imperial stouts, I don't know. I mean, the, the kind yeah, of yeah, like I, so yeah. I'm thinking not. like yeah, ambers, browns, like anything mm-hmm. uh, malt forward. Mm-hmm. I would say. And if you're not going to do malt forward, then make sure it's a little bit higher in alcohol. I mean, I, I you could do like an imperial blonde ale that's got spice in it, and that would that would be yeah, that would probably work too. Yeah. So I think it has to have either the the maltiness or the extra alcohol to kind of give it a little extra boost. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's the style. So how. I guess, when are we adding these spices um, and then how are we adding them? You know, it really depends. I would say at the very at the very uh, earliest, towards the end of the boil, you should be adding any spices to your beer. Uh, otherwise, like those volatiles will get boiled off, right? Yeah, yeah you won't taste anything. Or if you, I, I know I did a, I, and this isn't really a, in the category, but I did a, a wit beer once years ago and I added the coriander too soon. Okay. And it ended up tasting like ham water. Oh, interesting. Because it was like this weird, it like volatile, it, it like changed the, the spice enough that it was almost just reminiscent enough of like. Like Christmas ham? Christmas ham. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, it was a bit weird. I there I was mean, maybe some other things going on with that sounds so beer, good. Uh, I would say, I think that, you know, the classic tradition is probably like 10 minutes left in the boil to make sure you can kind of sterilize those sterilize spices. Sterilize them. Okay. But if you could even add them in the fermenter, but make sure you're putting them in like a tincture or something, like a vodka or an Everclear or something. To kind so of when, when we talk tincture, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but I guess we've never really talked about how to make one. Mm-hmm. Um, what is our like ratio of alcohol to spice? You know, I, I guess I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I just it's sort of a consistency thing with me. I would say at least probably, if, say if you're going to do a teaspoon of spices do three teaspoons worth of does that seem reasonable or at least maybe 50 okay. 50 yeah i mean that yeah that, that kind of makes gotta sense it's got to be it's got to be you know thin enough to dissolve within the beer or the wort um probably beer at that point uh but not too thin that you're going to a taste the booze that you're adding to it unless mm-hmm. that's what you're going for or that it it just kind of thins out the beer or increases the alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Those are the important things. Okay. The idea with that alcohol is to just, again, sterilize the stuff you're adding. All right. And you can get really creative with that, too. I mean, you could do, say you want to do a cinnamon. You know, I, I, I mentioned vodka and Everclear. But you, if you wanted to do like a cinnamon allspice, you know, maybe maybe oh, use yeah. a rum tincture instead, you know, to give it a little. So if, there, if, any, if any of the flavor that rum comes through... It's going to happen with, with that rather than just being kind of a plain old vodka tincture. Okay, yeah. So, all right. So, keep kind of keep in mind, like, your tincture can can flavor mm-hmm. the... It could if you add enough of it, for sure. Uh, and then, uh, how much? Like, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's super easy to overdo it on spice and you can mm-hmm. always add more. Mm-hmm. So, you always want to start with a little and go. But, like, when you're, especially, like, so homebrew level, we're talking about a five or ten gallon batch. 
how like how much spice would you start with? Are we talking like a teaspoon, a tablespoon, a few grams? Well, let me see. I'm pulling up. Um, I used to use when I was a uh, uh, doing when I was brewing on a, a barrel batch system. I my base beer was a porter. It was kind of and okay. I would do. I had a pumpkin spice and a. Uh, I even did a peanut butter porter, which wouldn't really fall in this category. But uh, for my pump- pumpkin spice porter, which is kind of along these lines, in a barrel batch, I did 1.75. I, I did about two teaspoons of, of spice. In a barrel? In a barrel. And I that was that was pretty light. Because okay. I, I wasn't, I, I was always at, and I still kind of fall on this rule that I don't want it to be, I don't want, I don't, I rather would not have the spice overwhelm. I'd rather be a, just like a subtle back note. Yeah. Something that you kind of not, not necessarily search for, mm-hmm. but. And, and the longer I brew, the more, I guess I can a- appreciate how people want that to be. So, you know, I probably would have been pretty comfortable doubling that. Okay. Was, this one was a pumpkin spice and all spice. Okay. So, you know, those, those, you know, kind of that family of spice blends, you could probably do, you know, if it was two teaspoons per barrel. So half a teaspoon or a quarter teaspoon ish for a five gallon batch seems about about right okay yeah it kind of makes sense to me yeah yeah and i don't know what that what is that i don't i guess i don't really know what that is in grams off the top of my head yeah i don't i don't either um let me see if i changed it oh the next okay so the next time i, d- I did this i did it was 17 grams per barrel which is like kind of nothing yeah that's Maybe. very little yeah yeah so you know somewhere between that and 50 in a right. barrel. In, in a, a barrel, barrel so. like yeah. So so you can play around with yeah, it. For sure. Um, yeah. And so there's there's one other time you can add spice. Uh, you can add it at packaging, especially yep. if you're doing a tincture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For um, sure. That's that's a great way to do it. And then you can take a sample of the finished beer, um, add a drop, taste it, add a drop, taste it to build that up, and then you can kind of extrapolate that to what you should put in the full volume right and now actually now that i'm, I'm gonna go back at my amounts because these were the first two were i did kind of smaller batches at the time so in my actual barrel batch it was it was about an ounce per barrel oh okay that seems to be about right, right? yeah a little bit more sense so say a quarter to a third of an ounce for a half a uh, five gallon batch would be yeah that makes a, yeah okay yeah a good solid amount of spice in my opinion uh-huh. Sorry about that confusion, folks. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. It's the Sometimes first episode I'm, of the day, and I'm, we had uh, audio issues, yeah, so we're we're thrown a off a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So pitfalls of adding spice. Um, I mean, the big one: adding too much, adding too much, or too little. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you add too little, you're gonna like. I mean, that's not such a big deal, especially if your base beer is good. No, like, and you know the nice thing about adding being able to add spices to your packaging is if you if you get through that, you know primary quote-unquote you get through the entire fermentation process and you taste that wort and it's 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 light then add more add a tincture of more you know that's that's a pretty easy fix um you kind of want to play play with your audience though i'm assuming that most um brewers aren't necessarily super excited at least i wasn't about like drinking a five gallon batch of a pumpkin spice beer but you were doing it more for maybe a request of a family member. Mm-hmm. So you have to play to the audience a little bit with that beer. Um, 
Yeah, figure out like how much they want yep. and, and try to find like that happy middle ground so you're happy to drink it too because mm-hmm. let's be honest, you're going to be the one yeah, drinking most of it. Yeah, at least half of it, of it yeah. Yep. Uh, if you're using spices, these, these kind of um, stronger spices like cinnamon, cloves, especially and also ginger, be really careful about how much you're adding. Um, especially the the cinnamon and cloves, they can get pr- pretty easily get overwhelming and overpower um, over the other um, the other spices. Mm-hmm. I if you're doing if you're wanting to do a spice along those level, try to find maybe try uh, find a pumpkin pie spice or a ginger cookie spice. You know they sell these spice blends. And um, blends thoughts thoughts on whole versus ground spices. I've only used ground like okay. powdered. Yeah, I, I have too. Well, I take yeah. that back. I've I've dumped uh, whole cloves in, but. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, though, I, I've never used ginger. Um, if I did, if I were to use ginger, it would probably be fresh. Fresh. So I think powdered is just weird for some reason. Oh, really? I can't, quite, can't quite put my finger on why, but it just doesn't. Okay. You see, I, I would have thought the other way because mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, it's already ground. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And fresh ginger can. So fresh ginger, if you're doing that, you want to be careful because it is an agricultural product. It can vary. So. Mm-hmm. Your ounce of ginger one one year will not be the same as your ounce of ginger next like year. Like when you do a jalapeno beer. Exactly, you never really know what yeah. you're gonna get. Um, how about I mean we you know we talked a lot about spices. How about these these other adjuncts like molasses and. Um, uh yeah yeah so molasses sugar, yeah. um maple sugar maple syrup all the ma- things. yeah so maple uh, maple syrup this is a big one uh, if you're gonna do maple syrup uh, one get real maple syrup. Yes. Uh, like, and if you can, get grade B maple syrup. Not like ye old log cabin or whatever. Yes, yeah. And, and why grade B over A? Uh, so grade B um, is, it's it's darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it has more of a concentrated maple uh, flavor and it has like longer chain sugars okay. in it. Um, so it's not just pure, simple. It's the stuff that, um, like if you poured it on pancakes, it would taste kind of burnt. Okay. Uh, but in a beer, it does really well. Good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I learned that. That's uh, that's a uh, that's one I picked up from Pitchfork. They use uh, grade B in their um, in their French toast ale. Okay. Uh, and that has a really nice maple character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do yeah, do that, and it's it works out really well. Yeah. And add these if you're adding sh- if you're adding sugars and, along with the spices. Add them later in the boil. Yep. The later in the boil, you add any sugar that isn't. Um, you know, tasteless, I guess, like a glucose or a, yeah, no, uh, dextrose, sorry, yeah. corn sugar. That's pretty tasteless. And in my opinion, you can add it anytime in the boil. But some of the other more complex sugars, if you, the earlier you add them, um, A, it will darken your beer if that's what you're going for. Like if you were to yeah. add, you know, a pound of table sugar to the start of the boil, it's going to, it's going to caramelize and do all those things. Yeah. And you're, yeah. And and it's going to change the flavor profile of the sugar and you might lose some of what you're looking for. And that might be helpful with that specific sugar, but with honey, if you were to add that at the beginning of the boil, you're going to lose all that honey character. Maple syrup would be the same thing. Molasses would probably be the same thing. So you want to add those later. Um, yeah. And molasses, uh, use, use a darker molasses if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the darker the molasses, the like more flavor you're going to get. Blackstrap. Yep. Yeah. Definitely use blackstrap. It, yeah. yeah, you're going to just get a lot more flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not going to ferment as well. So you're going to end up with more of that molasses flavor. Um, and that's kind of like when you're adding more like simple sugars, that's kind of like you're looking for something that really ha- packs a punch because remember like the yeast are going to destroy all those simple sugars and it's going to kind of strip a lot out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Any other pitfalls of adding spices? Yeah, besides like adding too much. Uh, oh, uh, like make a tincture. Don't just like sprinkle spices into the fermenter. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, it's a great way to add contaminants, and you yeah, don't want to do what, that. That was going to be my my suggestion. Um, you know, there's probably you're probably going to be pretty safe with the number of you know if you're again if it's like a quarter of an ounce of spices per all, with all that liquid it's probably going to be okay but then again there even just a minute amount of bacteria or mold would right be another thing in that in that spice you're going to end up with some funk in your beer and that's just not good Mm-mm. uh have beyond ever- that like have some fun with it Try yeah. try different combinations of things. Um, I mean, the tried and true are tried and true for a reason, but still, like, have some fun with it. Try like if you if you think like, oh, this tastes really good, or if you have like a family cookie recipe that's like a spice cookie, use those spices in the beer. That yeah. combination, like, yeah, or, or like uh, I think I think um, an example that was brought up within the the hop and barrel family this week was a um, fruitcake beer. Oh, that might be something interesting. I've never eaten fruit like real homemade fruit cake. I had a piece of like I didn't know people commercial. made fruit cake homemade. It's gross, so I've never had it again. <laughs> but it's, that's definitely got some spices, and then there's that fruit additive as well, which we didn't really get into at this episode because you know we're talking about spices yeah. more so than fruit. But yeah, maybe next time we can talk a little bit more about fruit additives or yeah, another another resource for people if you're looking if you want a book, um, Randy Mosier's uh, Radical Brewing. It has a whole chapter on on using spices in beers. Anything they have, a, he has a chocolate mint stout, Ooh. a cocoa porter. Um, there's a Christmas ale recipe. Um, okay, both all grain, I think, and probably extract. Yeah, probably yeah. extract in there too. So I that, think it, it's been a while great, since I've read Radical Brewing. I know you know we we talk about great books that um, you should sort of have in your collection as a as a home brewer, and I think Radical Brewing is a good non-technical but it definitely gets in more of the arty artsy side of brewing yeah um to probably have in your collection for sure all right um anything any last uh notes on spice beer no not not on my end all right yeah i don't think on mine either so why don't we dive into some listener mail uh, we got a couple of interesting one here, uh, ones here uh, that I thought would be fun to talk about. Uh, the first one is from Brandon Motes. Uh, hey, Casey, just a random thought I had, uh, and it ended up keeping me up, uh, keeping me awake at night. Uh, in theory, is it possible to brew with beer? In other words, just replace the water with like Bud Light or something else and give it a second chance. Interested to hear your guys' take on this and what, uh, and what else uh, would you change besides the water? Always keep it up and prost. Um, I had an immediate knee jerk to this um and i'm curious what yours is uh i think mine was a uh, was a knee jerk as well uh and then i thought about it and thought you know it's actually probably is possible and then i thought about it some more and thought well maybe not because of um certain things so um i'm worried about uh so the big things that kind of popped immediately in in my mind is uh like your water profile like yeah. figuring out the water profile of that would be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is your mash pH. Yep. Trying to dial that in. Yep. Um, yeah. And then if it would even absorb the sugars of the mash. Yes. Uh, my my first thought was there's already alcohol in that substance, and I know that obviously boiling boiling it would 
reduce some of that. But would that denature the enzymes that we need for conversion? Exactly. And then it would also, um, could it affect yeast health? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, there's already yeah. alcohol in there. And Yeah. Uh, so I would say give it a shot if you're wanting to yeah, I mean, um, I guess if you have, not have a beer in the end. But I mean, I guess if you have like an old keg of Bud Light, mm-hmm. like you don't quite finish it, but then it's oxidized and... Like rule rule one with water is only brew with water that you like to drink with. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. yeah. So if you don't like the taste of the water or the Bud Light, yeah, brewing with it isn't going to change anything. Yeah. Um, and then so it's already hopped too, which will mm-hmm. also inhibit yeast I mean, it growth. It isn't hopped a lot, and that's sort of you know, but it's still it still is. Um, yeah. But you you know you you brew. Um, you know people will put hops in mash. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, but my my thing, you know, and, and I didn't even think about this, is that mat, that pH. You're starting off with with brewing water, tech, essentially. That's um, almost a full one. Like you know, what is it? It's usually finished beer is right around four and a half pH. Yeah. And m- my ideal mash pH is five point two. So you're already starting with. You're already starting like a point low. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, that's not good for the yeast. That's not good for uh, convert. You know, all the conversions right. that you need, whether it's enzymes or sugar. I'm sure. So um, I would say it's might be might be tricky, but who knows? I mean, I, I think it's technically possible, but man, it would be. I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be something to try, especially a, like with like if you had like a one gallon system mm-hmm. or something to try that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem feasible yeah do like a um like a a a wit beer with bud light lime that could work kind of joking well i mean (laughs) well so then you have the lime in there which lowers your ph even more and yeah yeah i I don't know we're we're getting yeah no i I don't definitely i would say from from both of us independently we had sort of a knee-jerk reaction like that just doesn't seem like it could work yeah but you know it is a lower it is a lower alcohol beer so you know it's quote unquote more watery than other beers so you've got that going for you it isn't super hoppy so you you don't have to worry about you know hop compounds kind of messing with the messing with the mash and yeah um you know the other the other question is is how is this beer going to taste? Even if even if none of the pH things or the alcohol that's left over, which um, you know a byproduct of course of yeast fermentation is alcohol, but it's also toxic to yeast. So um, even if all those things seem to play out and work in the end, you still have a beer that you have to drink, and how is that going to taste? Right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then our second one is from Tyler. Uh, hi guys and Katie. Uh, just curious, what's the best beer you've ever made, and was there a beer that you made that you were surprised by, both in a good way and a bad way? Um, so uh, either I guess for you, either homebrew or um, commercially, like is there what what do you consider the best beer you've ever made? Um, I don't know if I could. You know, I'm, I've never been one of those. It's like, what's your favorite song? So that's that's a tough question for me. But uh, one of my favorite beers that I've, I've uh, been able to brew both on a homebrew actually the maybe not the best beer but the beer that I've been most proud of um, was at my the for, the brewery that I used to work at which um, I had our one of our flagships was a cream ale and that was a recipe that I had developed before I started working there and when I was working at Northern Brewer uh, we um, 
the group that I happened to be working with at the time, we did a lot of uh, brewing and, you know, sharing our beers. And that was kind of a, a crowd favorite. Um, and it was just a really um, light bodied, crisp, highly drinkable cream ale that I just was super proud of. Um, I also had a black IPA on the total end of the spectrum Okay, that I really enjoyed uh, working there or uh, brewing when I worked there. Uh, I would say the beer that I was, I've been ever, I've most been surpri- surprised of was when I was a home brewer. I did a, a smoky, like a smoked beer Ooh. and I brewed it not knowing what I was doing. And then after the fact, started learning about how easily those beers you can, can just go really way off the rails, go way wrong. And so I was, um, and you know, and actually now I don't really even like smoked beers very much. So the fact that I, and, and who knows, maybe it was cause it was my beer and I was like, this is mine. Right. It's great. But, uh, I did a smoked beer and I used, um, a very specific smoked malt from Northern Brewer. And I'm, of course I'm not, it's, it's, right. it's, um, oh, we it's, did, uh, so in the 80 style challenge, we did a Lichtenhainer. Yeah. Which was, uh, 50% smoked wheat malt. Okay. And Pilsner, I believe, and then uh, soured. I use the cherry wood smoked malt. Oh, okay. From, that's that's it's very from, uh, from unique. Yes. Uh, very uniquely. Uh, yes. Flavored and it's or what tasting. does it say? Use five to ten percent of of total grist. Even that seems like too much. And I think I used right on that five, or maybe a little bit less. Uh, yeah. But it was it was you know it was a, it was a it was an amber again you know we're talking about. Um, base beers it was a a, a a decent amber ale recipe that i knew had was good and i just i think i just added the smoked malt to it oh nice okay so that that helped for sure but uh, i i do also remember i um threw a party and had the kegerators and that beer was actually a big hit with the crowd which was oh, good. also super exciting but um how about you so best, the best worst, surprising uh so the best uh i have to go with a cream ale as well mm. um the cream ale that we made which was the very first brew of the 80 style challenge um the brew day was a disaster an absolute disaster i forgot to order flaked corn so uh like we're i'm getting the mash water ready we're trying to like we're measuring out everything and i'm like shit where's the corn so we had to run up to pitchfork and pilfer some corn and then we got sidetracked and had some beers and we got back we may have been more buzzed than we should have been and that doesn't sound like a disaster at all <laughs> and so like that brew ended up going in uh, i think we finished at like 12 1 a.m <laughs> like we were just we were exhausted but that beer turned out super good yeah. uh, i really like that recipe yeah um, and then one that we were most surprised by, uh, also going through the 80 style challenge, uh, which is where most of my brewing stories come from because that's a stupid amount of beer. Uh, the tropical stout. Okay. Uh, that was a style that I had never had and mm-hmm. wasn't able to find any commercial examples. And so we were literally just mm-hmm. brewing off of the guidelines, Yeah, which is fun to do. Um, cause you're not really sure. Like, I mean, you kind of know where you're going, yep. but, uh, it was, it was a refreshing stout, which doesn't make any sense. No, but it's, it's usually don't there's a little higher in ABV. Uh, I think this was about six. Actually, pretty average. I'm looking. Yeah, at it's five about, and a half to eight. It's yeah, six. yeah. I think ours was about six, but it had. Uh, we used like turbinado and mm-hmm. uh, brown sugar in mm-hmm. it, um, so it had like a little bit of a like almost like a rummy, almost like a Jamaican rumminess sure. to it, which was awesome. Uh, yeah, and it was just a really good stout. 
Yeah. For the summer. It, it actually, I'm looking at the the style guidelines right now. BJCP. It says surprisingly refreshing in a hot climate. Yeah. It's like it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> it, it yeah. It's it's completely yeah. baffling, and it's a really good beer. If you're looking yeah. for something fun to brew, I highly recommend uh, taking a look at our uh, tropical style recipe. Yeah, we have a uh, we've I think we brought it up on the air. We've got a small batch system coming into the brewery. Um, gosh, kind of any day now, a little bit, or any any week now. Um, and so we're sort of all compiling all these recipes that we want to do and i i'm i'm um i'm leaning towards i want to do some good stouts because we have one stout well technically two but it's a it's a a lactose it's a milk stout Mm -hmm. and i want to sort of see if we can kind of round out a little bit so a tropical stout is right on the top of that list oh nice and then um belgian beers those are oh yeah i digress i mean a good australian sparkling should be in there too because that's such a great fun style down down the way yeah (laughs) All right. Well, uh, should we get out of here and? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I can totally. I need. Well, so this is one thing where I actually need to be able to hear something so I can get the, the things right here. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnerdscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Good night.